everybody. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast, a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. I'm Erin Hesse, the Connections Coordinator here at High Point, and we are in the middle of a mini-series called Chewing on Substance as we go through uh, Pastor Nick's uh, book called Substance as a Church. And um, we're going to be talking today about virtuous freedom, freedom for. It's going to be myself and Rebecca Cooks, one of our pastoral administrative assistants, and um, we hope that you really enjoy it. We also wanted to remind you that tonight is the Veritas Forum here at High Point. It'll start at 7 o'clock. There's no need to RSVP, and it's going to be a great way for you to hear a little bit about connecting the resurrection and um, our understanding of science and what we can know and how to understand and connect those two ideas together. So again, hope you enjoy today's podcast and have a great day. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Chewing on Substance. This is week five of the Substance series. My name is Becca and I am here with my wonderful office mate, Erin Hesse. Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, this, I have to say, is my debut in the podcast realm, <laughs> so I feel like I have made it really big, you know, so I'm very yes. excited to be with you all virtually. Um, but, uh, this week we are going to talk about the second part of virtuous freedom being freedom for. Mm-hmm. Last week, Nicole and Jill talked about freedom from, so to understand our freedom, we need to understand from what we have been freed, mm-hmm. and that is being freed from our slavery to flesh, being freed from needing to follow every one of our compulsions. Mm-hmm. Um, and through Christ's life, death, resurrection, he freed us from that. Mm-hmm. But being freed from something should also mean that we are freed for something. Right. And that's what we're going to talk about this week. Yeah. So, Erin, uh, yes. I'll shoot you a <laughs> uh, first question yeah. in my mind. Just was there any part of the book or Nick's sermon that was your favorite that stuck out to you yeah yeah I'll go with that um so um, we're probably like two-thirds of the way through the chapter um, on page 133 I loved the transition that he makes where um where he's talking about yeah we, we are free um from something but in order to understand what we are free for we have to understand who we are inherently in Christ mm-hmm. and um so I'll just read a couple excerpts from this page yeah um so, well, so he starts off in, in Romans 8, 17, it says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Um, skip me down a little bit. Being a son or daughter has many implications, including acceptance, belonging, identity, assured rescue, as well as redemption, riches, and glory. When we understand ourselves as stewards who are sons and daughters, it should do something to our perspective of our life's work. We are not helpless children with no responsibility. We are steward heirs of our Father's creation. Um, yeah, where he says that that should do something to our perspective of our lives' work. That it definitely does. <laughs> um, I've I'm a new mom of um, a seven month old now, and that in and of itself has been a huge, obviously a huge life change. And that perspective of like doing the what are seemingly mundane things at home, like folding laundry again and mm-hmm. washing the floor again, and mm-hmm. um, just the or cleaning spit up again (laughs) those are just things that um even in that um when I recognize and remember and truly believe and feel the um that being that I'm a steward not just a servant of Christ um but uh, I've been given a responsibility to to steward my momship and and my and workmanship here at church um that all of it it 
um, that perspective change has been huge for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. And I really liked it in the book where um, Nick made the distinction between being a steward and being a slave because mm-hmm. technically their work can be the same, that mm-hmm. they are serving their master and doing what is good for their master. But a steward really has the option to really to decide this is what is going to be in my master's best interest based off of what I know of my master. And there's an ownership and creativity in what you do. So just like your job is connections Mm -hmm. um, and I work with small groups, that's something that we can own and we are given freedom to think of, okay, what would work best for our ministry? How would our volunteers respond in the best way? That is something that we can steward and it's not just a checklist of things that we need to get done in like a subservient kind of manner. Right. Yeah. Really like, yeah. Um, I'm getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here because that actually like oh, feeds right into it. it. Just do it. So, um, one of the most convicting, um, things for me was to, um, in reading this was recognizing that it's, I, I don't just have a checklist as mm-hmm. a Christ follower. Sometimes I would just love that. I would love <laughs> to just know exactly like to the detail what it is that God would want me to do so that I know I'm not messing up and I know that I'm not making the quote wrong decision mm-hmm. um, in how I'm doing either my job or being a wife or a mom. Um, yeah, it's there's freedom and on one hand, on the one hand I'm like, oh that's so great. I can really choose, you know, what it is that I want to do. But then on the other hand, and, and how I do it for Jesus. But then mm-hmm. um, that's also scary because I I mean when you realize you have that freedom I'm fighting the fear of making the wrong decision or, you know, choosing to do something incorrectly. And so um, I remember growing up, um, especially like through middle school and high school, people who have listened to the podcast before know that I grew up in a Christian home and um, have, you know, know what the Bible says, know a lot of the laws and different things that Jesus said and Mm -hmm. um, the laws from the Old Testament. And so there's, um, yeah, there's this, pull at me that I'm thinking, oh, I need to always make sure I'm following exactly the right rule. And that's, right. that's not really yeah, mm-hmm. what we are called to be. We're called to be free mm-hmm. and, and trust that in walking in the spirit, we'll, we'll make the right decisions. Yeah. 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 That actually, I think that lends really well to what convicted me or stood out to me the most, mm-hmm. um, being that we are freed from the law. That was one thing that Nick talked about a lot in this mm-hmm. section, yeah. um, which doesn't sound super exciting. Like, yes, you're free. You're free for something. What is that? Not to follow the law. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but I really liked what he said. Um, it's on page 128 of the book. Um, the first part of the quote is, he freed us from the law in order to allow us to be maximally good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, I just, I really like that because I feel like it expresses something that I started to see as I was going through my um, years at UW-Madison as an undergrad. I studied international poli-sci and I felt like I left every single one of my classes thinking like, wow, laws and government, even though they're good, are just not enough. Mm -hmm. They're not enough to really accomplish healthy and the best relationships between people, between states, between yeah. nations. And so I you know one of the hardest classes that I took was a class on genocide throughout mm-hmm. history. And it was really interesting because after every genocide, the society needed to learn how to reconcile with each other, how people were going to interact with each other again when one 
side of society tried to destroy the other side. And so how do you live together like that again? And though you could have laws that um, put the perpetrators through the judiciary system and recognized that, yes, this happened, and make a formal apology, though you can have programs to, um, I guess, incorporate people back into society in a productive manner, you still couldn't have the laws that would compel people to forgive those mm-hmm. that hurt them. You couldn't right. compel people to feel remorse over what they did. And so the laws, though good, were imperfect. They just kind of constrained you or had holes in ways that can't be filled outside of having a faith and virtue to back it up. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, Nick just wrote down everything that I felt and got yeah. into my glasses. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. And he gave a couple examples in his sermon, too, about that. I don't know if um, I heard the second sermon. I don't know if he, if you heard first or second service, but um, yeah, he his examples of just a couple of different examples of where the law wasn't enough to um, protect certain people or where the law, like whatever was in, was being, um, yeah, whatever the law was that was like being acted on was um, actually like kind of protecting too much or you know then causing. A disruption in, mm-hmm. in in this one particular story of, of the life of a family because this dad accidentally gave his son a Mike's Hard Lemonade right. and then there's this whole process that their family had to go through even though it was a completely innocent mistake and um, yeah and so that's that makes sense like yeah and it so it's, I'm glad that you were able to have Nick put into words what you were feeling like yourself and when you're seen in classes. Yeah, yeah, which is honestly one of my main motivations for trying out ministry because mm-hmm. I was like, well, if what I'm studying, if policy can't do it, then what will? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. right? <laughs> right, yep. So yeah, that was a general thought. Yeah. So Erin, when you find that you are worried about, oh, am I making this checklist? Am mm-hmm. I going to make the wrong decisions in my freedom? How do you feel like you reconcile that thought or encourage yourself away from that thought of, oh, I'm, I'm making a mistake, is this the right thing? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm in the process of <laughs> working through that. It's definitely Aren't not you yeah, growing. Yeah, it's right growing. Now. <laughs> yeah, not fully there yet, for sure. Yeah. Um, in particular, I, I think, and Nick talked about this in the sermon. Waking up every day and recognizing that um, I am a steward, and that doesn't mean that I am. Yeah, I'm not bound by the law, but um, that I am called every day to live out a life of thankfulness and humility and. From that, I can can trust and know fully that when I'm walking in that type of mentality and that heart change, mm-hmm. that I just I do not need to worry about what the day will present before me and um, the either the the decisions that I make that are right or wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. in living out my life. Um, recognizing that it that's really not it's not about the end. Um, decision that I that I make it's more um, the life choice that I'm um, choosing to follow Christ choosing to just trust that he's going to put in front of me what I need Mm -hmm. um, to make a decision at all and and to and in trust I'm making a decision and so um, yeah I it's not easy for sure Mm -hmm. Um, but I on the days when I it's just, I can't really explain it, but it's just like this experience where I'm like letting go and it just feels like this burden lifted from um, my from my shoulders that I don't have to get everything right. Um, some of those days go great and some of those days don't, but if it's, 
it's not the end result that ends up driving my my feeling like my mm-hmm. um, my end happiness or sadness throughout the day it's like well right. i i know that um i really like that nick phrase that nick coined the other week um Failing in the right direction. Yeah, failing in the right direction. Oh, it's been my motto. It's like, okay, well, I maybe I did this well today, and I can rejoice, rejoice, and be thankful that I'm walking in the spirit. I'm, I did something that you know the Lord would say, well done. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I don't, there's grace over me in in being able to say, okay, well, I I didn't make this right decision today, but that doesn't mean that I'm falling out of God's will for my life, or that I'm destined to fail in every other aspect of my life or, you know, whatever it is. So, um, yeah, it's really like just a mentality change. And I think for me, verbalizing it to Jason, my husband, being able to say, okay, I'm really, I don't want to be a slave to, um, fear of man and what other, you know, what other people are going to say about the decisions that I make or how I, um, use my time, but that I really, um, my goal is to simply please and honor Christ today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say probably the most difficult part of this topic for me, kind of going off of that, mm-hmm. is that this is a really slow process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know Nick mentions that in the book, page 124, mm-hmm. for those following along, where he says, growth is slow in our eyes, painfully slow. Mm-hmm. We are the slowest maturing creature on earth, but the one with the most potential. Mm-hmm. And I, right now, am, yes, painfully aware of where I am not mature and how <laughs> God is making me more mature, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Um, and it is it is kind of a, a painful process, part of it, because it's so slow. Mm-hmm. Like, I've just gone through the last two weeks. That's only 14 days. But the last two weeks where I'm like, okay, I didn't respond well here. I need to go apologize. Okay, mm-hmm. I need to kind of fix this relationship. Let me go have this conversation. And none of these are conversations that I want to have. Right. <laughs> but I, like... The Spirit's conviction is like, this needs to happen. This is a part of your growth. And it's the worst, and it yeah. feels like it's going on forever. <laughs> yeah. But it's only been 14 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also really appreciate the end part where he's like, we also have the most potential. Mm-hmm. That this is for our good. We are becoming our maximal good, mm-hmm. um, as we've been saying. And that it really does lead to something worthwhile, which has been very helpful in this Yeah. Slow, slow process. Yes. Yeah, it's good. as a good remember, like a good reminder to, yeah, press on. Yes. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing that Nick mentioned in his sermon, which was totally true of my life, is that um, people can generally answer, if they've accepted Christ, people can generally answer the question, what have you been freed from? And they can mm-hmm. give you an answer, I've been freed from my sins. Awesome. Um, but people rarely ask the question, what are we free for? And so then people don't know how to answer it. And I was like, wow, that's me. I've been a Christian the majority of my life, and I would not know what to say. What are you freed for? Um, So I have been trying to summarize that in my mind. How would I answer that in a positive, concise way? This is what I'm freed for. Mm -hmm. So do you have any thoughts on that, Erin? Not my own thoughts. (laughs) Um, I thought that... Frankly, uh, on page 134, I thought um, there's a sentence that gave a great summary of this entire concept of what it is that we are freed for. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says, um, Jesus, or he wants to give, he wants to free us to strive in grace through the Spirit toward the righteousness for which we hope by expressing our faith through love. I was like, that, I just, 
think ties everything together up to this point where we're um he wants us to be free in order to strive mm-hmm. in grace recognizing mm-hmm. that it's yeah that gracious striving that we aren't able to do this on our own um at all and yet we need to make every effort to um pursue walking by the spirit towards righteousness mm-hmm. um and that then an outpouring of that is an expression of self-sacrificial love um so so yeah i guess to answer that question yeah freedom for a freedom for doing those things to be able to live our lives for other people for in yeah sacrificing our time mm-hmm. our resources our comforts in order to really love other people and i don't just mean um, love in the in the sense of like I feel good I think I'm making that person feel good right. but truly like for the the good of that person um, I think Nick, Nick talks about that in a sermon as well mm-hmm. that we um, that we're not just here to wait until um, the kingdom of God is fully here we're not here to just wait until we're with Him um, at, at the end of all time but that there is a purpose to yeah. living this life now mm-hmm. yeah I think that's great. Wow, my question just sounded so scripted, but it, like you just answered that beautifully. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I would say very similar things in the fact that we are free to have creativity in how we demonstrate love to people, mm-hmm. that there isn't just a checklist of this is what it must look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we're also free to be interested in so many things and interesting um, to so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're free to act out of right convictions, not just following any set of rules, mm-hmm. but knowing by the mind of Christ that this is what could be good in this situation. And the spirit is growing in me, so let's let's try that and do it and see what God does with it. Yeah. Um, and like you said, free to strive and to try and to mess up, recognizing that we've already been covered by grace. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I think that's been probably the most one of the most significant parts. Yeah, totally. And I would say like like I said, having um, grown up in church my whole life, I've really struggled with this understanding of freedom in Christ because I'm like, yeah, no, I know it's, the Bible says that we're free in Christ and he um, is for freedom that he has set us free. Mm-hmm. But I really struggle with that and still struggle with believing that, that like we are free when we um, choose to be virtuous and and really live truly the way that he wants us to, to be living. Mm-hmm. Um and, and so if you're listening and you're like, oh, they, like, they've got it. Becca and Erin like, have got this and they have it down. Like, yeah. No, yeah, not <laughs> true. Um, that's really been, I think, the hardest thing for me to grasp and under, like, to not just pretend like, oh, yeah, we're free in Christ, but not really. There are 613 Preach. laws that we're supposed to follow. And, you know, right. we just say that to sound like, sound like it's a good thing. But, no, we really are. Mm-hmm. And that's. Yeah, that's another thing that I'd have to just keep meditating on and soaking mm-hmm. my mind in to get that really to set in. Right. And to let that be an encouragement for us and an encouragement yeah. to others. I know our um, pastor of kids ministry, Vince, mm-hmm. he has made the comment of, you know, guys, we can encourage people with the gospel and the reality of that we are free, but then also the end game that Christ wins. He has mm-hmm. won and that we get to join him in heaven for like the ultimate party and just celebration of God's goodness and his love for us 
And in that same way, I think we can encourage each other that you have been freed already from all that crap in our lives, but then you're also free to just live out life in the fullest, best way possible. Mm -hmm. And the spirit is working inside you to make that a reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And so working on encouraging other people and myself with that fact, like, oh, that's good. I want to try and do that going forward. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, That is about our time. So we will wrap up week five for the Substance Series. Erin, thank you so much for talking. Thanks. (laughs) All right. We will talk with you guys next week.